Welcome to the Justin News Podcast. My name is Justin Cross. We're coming off of Super Tuesday, folks. This is the Super Tuesday wrap-up podcast for the Justin News Podcast. Uh, we are going to recap what happened, uh, what uh, what may have gone wrong for Bernie, what went right for Biden, and uh, why the fuck Tulsi Gabbard is still in the race. Uh, before we get to that, though, I do just want to give a big shout out to the folks who help make this podcast happen. Uh, you're going to hear from one of them uh, shortly uh, in my interview segment, Mr. Corey Hill, who's a writer and activist. Uh, you've heard him here before, uh, but a great con- contributor to the podcast. Of course, we've got um, Kristen Freeze. Uh, she's always uh, she's helping out on Instagram, on social media, and we'll be featuring her on the podcast soon as well. Mike Stocksdale making the music happen and making me sound better than uh, I, I usually sound because I do these interviews in the most ghetto way possible. I record them oftentimes off my telephone into a microphone, into a secondary mic, and uh, and Mike makes it sound a lot better. So, And then, uh, oh, let's not forget Jake the Snake Craney, our fake sponsor spokesman. He, uh, he's got some new sponsors coming up, I think, uh, maybe not this time around, but next week we should have some new fake sponsors coming off the press from uh, Jake the Snake. And I want to thank you guys for, for listening, for downloading this on iTunes. Uh, we're doing better than we ever have with this podcast. We've got more and more interviews come in with Senate candidates throughout the country. We're trying to flip the Senate. Uh, also, key congressional districts uh, throughout the country as well as uh, even mayors and, and even on the local level. We're going to have activists, more comedians. We're going to have musicians. Um, so anyway, I'm having a great time doing the podcast, and I am so happy you guys are listening. And uh, anyway, big shout-out to, to you guys and to the folks who make this happen. Today's podcast is brought to you by the 27th Democratic Debate. Still seven candidates left. No idea when this will end. Tune in for the same arguments about the same topics. Now with even more angry zingers. On this week's debate, Papa Joe stumbles to find his words and Uncle Mikey gets blasted for calling one of his female employees in 1987 a saucy minx. The 27th Democratic Debate. Let's whittle this shit down, people. Everybody want to rag on Trump I don't know if I can get enough It's kind of funny how he fucked things up But if we're laughing at a fool Then the joke's on us Again, my name is Justin Cross This is a Justin News Podcast And we are doing the Super Tuesday wrap-up And first of all, guys I want to give a huge shout-out To Mike fucking Bloomberg For winning American Samoa Uh, I had no doubt in my mind, when I saw that result, that he bought the entire island, and uh, and 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 I gotta give credit where it's due. Tulsi Gabbard for picking up one delegate there. I think it may have been her only delegate of the night. I'm not positive, but um, you know, props to her for staying in the race. Uh, it could be. I, I think people may already know this. Um, we have a very educated audience out there, but uh, if you if you're not familiar american samoa is oftentimes a bellwether for guam so i'm just saying i could see bloom bloomberg and 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 gabbard really uh just fucking taking down guam in in the primary i think that's may 22nd so 
you know, it's they're really playing the long game, both of them. Uh, as is Elizabeth Warren. We're going to find out today what happens there. If Warren wants to stay in, I think she may end up dropping out today. I don't know. I have nobody on the inside. I absolutely have nobody on the inside who can tell me that. But um, I think she may drop out. I'm thinking uh, Bloomberg may drop out. By the time you guys hear this, both of them may have dropped out. Tulsi, though. I'm sure Tulsi will stay in it towards the end because I'm sure there's a few votes coming in from Moscow for her. Anywho, uh, also, big shout-out to Biden. Obviously, that's the big story. Biden did extremely well last night. And uh, and when I say Biden, I mean Jill Biden. Uh, Joe, yes, Joe won a few of the states, well, actually a bunch of states, and uh, picked up a bunch of delegates but it was Jill Biden who fended off a couple uh, anti-dairy protesters like an NFL safety. Uh, you can call her Jill Jamal Adams Biden, folks. All right. She fucking, she has like, and she'll go head first. She doesn't care. They don't, she doesn't care if they flag her. All right. You, you want to go protest a Joe Biden uh, celebration post speech like you better watch it you better keep your head on a swivel okay because joe biden's coming in and she's she's gonna be she's gonna lead with the helmet so let's get into it with joe biden he won a bunch of states including minnesota massachusetts and texas where he wasn't expected to win uh he also won uh all over the south in big big ways uh he carried to alabama i think even though he won texas he actually is going to get more delegates from alabama um just because he won it by such a large margin um, Bernie took states like Utah, Colorado, California, like all the states you want to like go and visit national parks in. Bernie took them down. Uh, also Vermont, another place. It's like the California of the West, really. Um, but Biden was the one who had the big night and, and Bernie really kind of a disappointing night. And I think it just goes to show a how well known and supportive the African-American community is for Biden and how they did show up for him. And, uh, and that Bernie really needs to do, he's got to do a lot of work there with the African-American community. And I, I don't know if he, at this point, really can. Uh, he's done well with Latinos, but uh, it wasn't enough, certainly in Texas, it looks like. Uh, but it also goes to show how tough it is for Bernie <laughs> to run against uh, the entire Democratic machine, including four presidential candidates uh, in 2020, including Biden Klobuchar, Pete, and Beto, who all gave their endorsement to him uh, on the Monday before uh, Super Tuesday, this, this past Monday. Um, and before the next primary round on Tuesday, I fully expect Biden to get the endorsement of God. I, I think we just have to accept that's going to happen. Biden will get the endorsement of the man himself, God. Um, not to say Biden isn't coming into his own as a candidate. I think he is. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, he definitely has looked better over the course of the last week. I just have serious concerns about him winning in the general if he is the nominee. I do. I have, I have, I have three main concerns with Joe Biden in the, in the general. One, debating. All right. Like in the last debate, he just yelled at the moderator like six times and it got awkward. And he's looked, frankly, like rough in all of the debates at this point, and, and it's been a crowded field, and he's been able to sort of, you know, hide a little bit behind all that. But now that he's the front runner, now that he's going against Bernie, it's all going to be on display for everybody to see. So uh, I worry about that in the general because I think Trump is Trump is insane, and 
he I think he's tough to debate against because he is so insane. And I don't think Biden is necessarily ready to handle that. And I think if if nothing else, I'll say this. If Biden's the nominee, going against Bernie head to head is gonna be very good practice for him because I think Bernie is extremely good in debates. And he um I think the only person better has maybe been Elizabeth Warren in debates. But I think Bernie's done a great job. Uh he gets to his talking points and uh he's he's just tough to debate against. So uh, I, at least that'll be good practice for Biden if he is a nominee, but I worry about that in the general. Second thing, organization. His organization, Biden's organization has blown so far. I don't know if you uh, guys know this, but Jim Clyburn, in, who, who's a congressman from South Carolina, has been for many years, endorsed Biden right before South Carolina, certainly helped him in a big way with the African-American vote. But uh, but the thing is, Clyburn just openly called out Biden's organization and, and saying got to be better. And perhaps now that he's got uh, every Democrat who's ever run for president uh, behind him, his organization will get a lot better. And certainly he'll get a lot more money into the campaign. But he's got to do better with that. Um, He won a lot of states based on name recognition and momentum, and that matters. But he's going to need field field offices. He's going to need to be able to go to you know, these states like Wisconsin, these Rust Belt states, which I know he probably will, but he's going to have to have good organizations and he's going to have to have enthusiasm, which I am very concerned about. And that's something that Sanders has clearly brought to this, brought to the stage. He's brought a lot of people along with him and he's going to need those folks. Uh, last thing, diversity. Let's face it, Biden and Sanders, like I said the other day, it's like a remake of the grumpier old men. And yes, they're in two different lanes. Yes, uh, Bernie represents uh, a lot of youth in a way, in ways, and his ideals uh, and what he stands for. But whoever is a nominee, uh, certainly Biden, especially, he will need uh, a running mate who is uh, more youthful, uh, carries a lot more enthusiasm, um, is diverse whether it's a female or a minority or a female and a minority, like we are going to need, you know, the, the thing that if you step back from it for a second, the top three candidates from last night were Biden, Bernie and Bloomberg. Yes. Biden, Bernie and Bloomberg, all white men. And yeah, they represent a little bit, you know, different backgrounds in certain ways. But that is not representative of the Democratic Party. And what sucks is you had a field with Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Andrew Yang. You had, you know, a ton of, you had Klobuchar, you have Warren, you have very smart people, you have a lot of diversity in there. And yet, it's, we're looking at two or three white men at the very top of the ticket. And, uh, and we've, it's just not representative of where we're at and we've got to do better uh, in, in terms of representation. And I think that, for, for, for this time around, the vice presidential ticket is going to matter. It's really going to matter. And, and whoever is on the VP ticket needs to be able to get people out, bring support. And I hope, for my own values, that it is somebody who, who tends to be progressive and uh, gives me hope that we'll actually make uh, serious progress at getting people health care, getting out of the military-industrial complex that we're in, uh, to doing stuff on gun control, et cetera, climate change. I'll say this. If Biden wants to go with Obama, I could be down for that. I mean, just, just bring back, get the band back together. You know what I mean? Think of how, think of how much money 
the Biden campaign could save on yard signs if he got Obama to be his VP pick. And it is possible. I think constitutionally it's possible. I mean, if, if Trump can make sure that nobody testifies before Congress about his, his uh, meeting with Ukraine, then I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure it's constitutionally possible for Trump to, or for Obama to be the VP pick. But seriously, the savings and yard signs, people. Um, and the last thing I want to rant about here, this idea, this fucking narrative that Biden uh, came out of nowhere. That's bullshit, man. All right. Like, this idea that, yes, yes, yeah, he did well in South Carolina, he did shitty in New Hampshire, Nevada, and Iowa, but the fact that, like, he came out of nowhere and, like, all of a sudden, like, he's this comeback kid, I mean, that's fine, he can talk about that, that can be the narrative, but he's literally got every presidential candidate ever on his back. He's got, uh, this is his third time running for president, and by the way, he was the vice fucking president. All right. So don't tell me for a second that like this is a comeback out of nowhere because it's not. When you have Terry McAuliffe in his lime green tie on CNN talking about how this is a big comeback and all that's bullshit, man. All right. Just call it for what it is. I will say this. So this is finally my last thing. And we'll get to my my discussion here with with Corey Hill uh, about last night's uh, Super Tuesday primary. But you know, I rant here, you know, about about my concerns with Joe Biden, about some of the narrative around him. But I promise you, he's going to get my support. I will knock on doors. I will call people. I will do as much as I can in order to help him get elected if he is the nominee. Same with Bernie. And I think that is the tact that everybody needs to take if you uh, realize that Donald Trump is terrible. All right. This idea that Democrats, liberals, progressives, moderates, we need to ignore and in this whole, like, I'm not going to support whoever else against Donald Trump. That's crap. Whether it's Bernie bros or it's people, moderates like that, you know, it's, it's on both sides when it comes to that lack of support. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a proud progressive, I think, for, you know, people to be able to get health care and all of the stuff um, that I believe in, that you do need a progressive like a Sanders or a Warren. With that said, though, I also realize that every Democrat who gives a damn needs to vote for whoever the nominee is because the reality is we're running against the devil's drug dealer. And we don't have a chance in hell to win if we're not united as possible at the end of the day. With that said, I hope you guys enjoy uh, my discussion with the man, the legend, the activist, the writer, Corey Hill. Today's podcast is brought to you by Bernie Sanders, President of the United States in 2032. At 91 years young, Bernie will finally become president, running on the campaign slogan, I will continue to yell at you people until you make me president. Bernie Sanders, just let him have it. And it's a new frontier. 
So here's a question a check I'd like to cash in. How is one man's hatred another man's passion? How do we lose touch so much with our nation that the color of our skin is any indication of who we are or what we think or how we'll act? In fact, I've been trying to believe it's all misconceived and it's just an epidemic of some sort of... And I'm here with my man, activist, writer, Corey Hill. Corey, how you, how you doing, man? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are talking Super Tuesday wrap-up, uh, but I got to get to the breaking news. Uh, Mike Bloomberg, El Bloombido, as they call him in Tejas, uh, has, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's dropped out of the race. This just happened within the last like 45 minutes while we've been recording this. Uh, get me, give me your, your like quick take on, on that situation. Like, What do you think about Bloomberg dropping out? How does it affect... The current race, it sounds like he's throwing his support behind Biden. Oh, yeah, five, five hundred million dollars well spent. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I think I think the primary dyma- dynamic will be a few points, you know, as everybody else dropping out uh, prior to Super Tuesday. Nah, I don't think any of those folks are going to Bernie, for example. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, well, and you mentioned you mentioned the five hundred million dollars, but he did he did win American Samoa, so. Um, He'll always have Samoa. <laughs> well, I mean, we we're only left to think what what could have been in Guam, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So so Bloomberg's going now. He's throwing his support behind Biden. Uh, we still, it's very possible when this gets out, uh, when this podcast is released later today, that that Warren's gone. Um, but what do you think? What do you think could happen there with Warren? Like, where do you see this race is going? Like, Biden obviously had a had a great night, um, had a lot of things happen right before the race that helped him out. But like, where do you see this race going a day after Super Tuesday with a lot of changing dynamics happening right in front of us? I think, I think we're having different contours, but I think we're still having that same ideological struggle within the Democratic Party that we saw played out in 2016. Uh, one of the players is the same, one's a little different. But I think it's very likely Warren will reevaluate her campaign and we will have a two-person, uh, well, three-person with Gabbard hanging in there for some reason, uh, <laughs> right, between people who represent two very different ideas for how the Democratic Party should move forward. And I think it's really premature for folks to you know, start talking about Joe Mentum and whatever kinds of conclusions they want to draw, the field has been winnowed basically to two, but it's far from clear uh, which person represents, you know, the the overwhelming will of of the Democratic voters. I will say Joe Mentum sounds a little bit less like a venereal disease than Clomentum, but... Uh... Yep. But I do think, like you said, it's it's there's a lot to be decided, and Warren's support could could really change things too, you know, to help Bernie out. One thing you and I were talking about before this is is, uh, and I mentioned in my opening was about some of the concerns I've got, and I know you have with Biden as a candidate. Um, you know, obviously, there's the policy stuff. I think you and I are definitely progressive, and and there's a lot there that is left to be desired with with Biden. But just as far as him getting elected, and and you know, let's let's put him now as the the you know, for sake of argument here, the front runner. Uh, what are your concerns as far as Biden goes when it comes to whether it's debating or going against Donald Trump or, or organizing? What, what do you? What are your concerns with Biden? 
I mean, I think that he has many of the the liabilities that Hillary Clinton had as a candidate in terms of uh, actual policy decisions. So, you know, interestingly, Elizabeth Warren hasn't played this up, and maybe she lost her chance to do so, but, you know, she could have sort of got her start in politics fighting against him about banks, and I don't think you have to guess who's on which side. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think he has a long history of that. I think he has, um, you know, some some temperament uh, issues in terms of how he deals with criticism and all that, but I, I think he has a lot of those same shortcomings in terms of policy and the big banks in terms of the Iraq war. Um, and I think that, you know, you saw this kind of back and forth between the Republicans. Are they investigating Hunter Biden? Are they not? And I think that they sort of put it off and we're waiting to see how he did in the primaries. And now that he's back on top, they're going to do everything in their power to make that into a story. Even if, you know, Joe Biden had absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, it's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I mean, I think one of the big things like Clyburn called it out after South Carolina, after he endorsed, he's like, okay, I'm going to endorse you in South Carolina, but I'm also going to go on like TV and tell you that your organization sucks. You know, and yeah. like, I think one of the things he's biggest problem is, is one of his biggest problems is organizing. Like he won a lot of these States based on getting three previous presidential candidates, uh, Pete, Klobuchar and and Beto, you know, all the day before Super Tuesday and all in states that that can help him out. You know, what do you think Biden needs to do in order to if he is the nominee to be able to get Bernie supporters, but also, you know, just to get people excited? Because frankly, like just from a purely aesthetic standpoint, he's not that exciting of a candidate to so many people. No, and I think I have really nuanced and multi-layered feelings on this, which is I I sort of feel like you know, based on the turnout trends and based on just Trump's overwhelming unpopularity and the fact that they're just botching the coronavirus thing like people lose sight of the fact that Donald Trump is historically unpopular like, you know, you know, anecdotally in a way, like people I have never heard talk about politics bring it up and talk about how much they hate him and people have been Republicans their whole lives say they're going to vote for Democrats, blah, blah, blah. So that, all of that is to say, I know people are kind of traumatized by 2016 and don't want to you know, make any uh, assumptions. I do think that almost any Democrat, including Sanders and including Biden, will beat Trump. I actually kind of uh, so that being said, I mean, I think the bigger question for me is, you know, that that's sort of the big enchilada is the you know presidential election and making sure that we don't get more Trump and turning over the Senate. But the bigger question is, if you don't make those long term structural changes that are advocated by Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and the Ocasio Cortezes of the party, I don't think that you then make the fundamental shift. Uh, I don't think you get people excited um, long-term. I don't think you have the long-term prospects. I think people will not be excited about Biden, but people are going to turn out to vote for him anyway. I think maybe a slightly different group of people would be excited about 
burning and turnout. Um, but I think the bigger like excitement organizing question is sort of for the day after, which is like, what does it mean for for all these institutions to have someone come into power who basically thinks everything's fine? Yeah, yeah. Before before Trump, I should add, I don't think Biden thinks everything is fine now. Right. <laughs> let me let me ask you this: as far as both candidates go, Biden and Bernie, how much is diversity? On the VP ticket, how important is that? Seeing as it's two old white guys who people know quite well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they'll either one of these folks will sort of have to. Um, like, I, I find it highly unlikely Joe Biden will uh, pick another old white guy or or Sanders for that matter. It's unclear how much this actually influences people's, um, you know, voting behavior, but. To put, you know, not too fine a point on it, they are both pretty old. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's actually probably more in people's minds than it normally would be. And I think that they both have sort of an obligation to the to the electorate and to the party to to have an eye towards, um, you know, representation of what the party is going to look like in the future, as opposed to what it has looked like you know, for the last 30 years and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think you mentioned it, you kind of alluded to it a minute ago, but I think having somebody who can, from a policy perspective, fire people. I mean, I, I do think that diversity comes in a lot of different forms. Uh, certainly old white guys, one, one way to, to see it and, and, you know, countering that with, you know, somebody who's a female or a minority or, or both. But also just from a policy perspective, right? Like having somebody who I think represents truly progressive values and can actually do more than make a small dent in maybe our healthcare system. Like somebody who can who can bring about some real change, even though I know it's the VP role is, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's there to protect against coronavirus, at least. Um but like, oh, <laughs> you know, like I do think that that's that's helpful in bringing maybe some some party folks along. But um, but I guess one other thing I want to ask you about too is, do you think that when it comes to like the divide that the rift that happens with supporters from both camps and both sides, how much? I mean, I know you're a progressive guy. Like, how much will it take for progressives if? Biden's a nominee, or if Bernie's a nominee for moderates to come along and do more than just go out and vote, maybe go knock on doors and be like active participants, like in in getting Trump, who I mean we can all agree is like the devil's drug dealer, like to get him out of office. Like how how hard is it to galvanize the other side of this Democratic Party for either of these candidates? I I've sort of been wondering about that, and I had a conversation about this this morning, which is like I'm not. I'm not by any way, shape, or form a Biden supporter, but I will knock on doors for him, and I will support that campaign. And I think that regardless of where we end up, whether it's Biden or Sanders, I think that the percentage of people who don't recognize that Trump is an existential threat to uh, democracy is pretty small. And, you know, things get heated during a primary. It's structured in such a way as to make it feel like the the candidate 
winning or losing is the ultimate measure of whether you did well or not. You know, my person didn't win as opposed to like, this is a, this is a vehicle to get the things that you want. And, you know, if there's a temporary setback in that, it's not the end of the universe. Yeah. Um, I think most people will sort of have that, you know, stages of grief and, uh, either way, and then be like, all right, well, we gotta do what we gotta do. And I think that in 2016, not everybody felt that way, but I think that it's sort of the now you know what happens if, if you don't participate. Uh, it's there right in front of you. I, I think most people will make that decision, even if now it feels like heated and some people talking about it in apocalyptic terms. Like The worst thing that happened to you is not Biden or Bernie. The worst thing that happened to you is four more years of Trump. I think most people realize that. Last question for you, man. Uh I think this is the question that's on everybody's mind. Uh, when when will Tulsi Gabbard finally drop out? <laughs> is she? Like, I, what, hope, what? I hope she never does. I hope she's like <laughs> uh, those people when a war has ended, and then like six months after the fact, uh, you know, they're still manning the barricade. <laughs> I hope that even after the election happens, she still continues it. I, I can't. I, I can't for the life of me put my finger on, you know, what her series of motivations are. Yeah. They're, they're so far outside, honestly, of like, you can kind of put people into little tracks. Like, you know, Buttigieg is very clearly interested in whatever the next thing beyond this is. But for her, I, I'm mystified. So it's just uh Corey, man thanks so much uh for helping recap the tuesday super tuesday primary um probably more of these to come i know we've got we've got more of these super tuesdays to come and we'll see how things go so uh we'll love to have you back here to to, to recap some of these excellent well thank, thanks for having me